This is John Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. What makes us modern? You. You are modern women. We live in the 21st century, and we are modern, all things modern, becoming more and more modern. And when I think about the differences of my childhood and the children that are growing up today, they are staggering, staggering. Recently, I watched a clip on a news program about how in the state of Arizona, now listen to what I'm about to say, the state of Arizona, which gets six or seven inches of rain in every year, those of you who live in other places of the world who get, we were in Idaho where they had 500 inches of snow last year. That's just snow, that's not rain. So we were a very dry climate. And there is a company who has devised equipment in this dry state of Arizona to extract water from the air and bottle it. And they believe that they can bring to our culture um, a new resource of water um, because of the drought situations in many of the states in our country. So it's a very modern world. Um, no one would have thought of that 50 years ago. Well, this is the year that we have declared our theme to be listening. Listening, hearing. We'll talk about hearing and talking and the difference and when and where. We've been talking about listening to God and being still in his presence. Today I want to talk to you about listening in a world of distraction. Listening in the world of distraction. The subject of listening has come up many times in the seven or eight years recently, um, but it has really been increased. And today I want to introduce you to the concept of listening in a world that is full of distractions. Not just some distractions, not increased distractions, but full of distractions. And how is it that we take a distracted group of people and we take the scripture which is full of the admonitions to listen, starting in the book of Deuteronomy when he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel. So how do we take the difference in the culture when these words were spoken and the 21st century and still abide by what the scripture is calling us to do. Now, if you've had an experience with going from noisy to less noisy, you've had an experience with being silent or learning how to listen better, would you, would you send us an email and tell us about it? If you have a question about listening and how you can be a better listener, um, and in these series that we're doing, if we talk about something that is helpful to you, would you remind us um, on which direction is best for you and how these classes may be helping you? Jewish children are trained to rehearse these words, words morning and night. Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord your God is one. The Lord your God is one. It's not only the Old Covenant, but it's the New Covenant as well. Paul writes in the book of Romans, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. In Mark chapter 11, verses 7 through 15, uh, there's much conversation about listening, and he says, Are you listening? Let anyone who has ears listen. Well, everyone has ears. Well, not everyone. I know there are some people who are born without an ear or there's been an illness or an infection and the loss of an ear. But the general human species has a pair of ears. So what is he saying? Let anyone with ears listen. He's not talking about physical ears. He's talking about ears from God, ears to listen to God. If you don't listen to God, his theology, that won't mean you don't have any ideas about God. It will just mean that you have a lot of wrong ideas about God. If you listen to God and the ideas that he teaches us about himself in the word of God, uh, we'll have correct ideology and correct theology. Have you ever been surprised that you may have heard, repeated, even taught something only to find out that it was way off base, whoa, 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 wrong. <laughs> when my husband and I were middle married, oh, in our 30s or 40s, we, we went to some marriage conference, and the man who was leading the conference, and I'm sorry, I don't know who it was, but he said when he got married, there's the man in the house, he had a difficult time with being whoa, 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 wrong. And the whole audience went bananas laughing at it. But he described it. He said, I literally said that. I am, and he would, you know, do W, 16 syllables. He said, I could not use the word wrong. I could not say about myself that I was wrong. Now, I, I don't think a lot of us don't have it that severely. But I've been surprised to find that things that I've repeated that I believe to be true turn out to be off base or wrong. And James tells us that we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, I, I can tell you that I have speaking gifts, that God has given me the gift of teaching and, and how to use words and communicate his truth through words. But that doesn't change James's admonition to me, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. When I prepare these lessons, I assure you, that I go through them and over them and research them and am confident, fairly confident, that what I'm about to say is true. When I add my own ideas to it, um, I take a risk. But I do love that the Word of God from Old Testament through New Testament talk to us about this practicality of listening. James, quick to listen. The Proverbs, which remember the Proverbs are not instruction, they are practical advice. And if you look at Proverbs chapter 18, verses 13, 14, and 15, you will find this series of, of injunctions. Listen before you speak. Do you want me to pause there? Listen before you speak. What, what would I listen for? Well, I might be listening to you, because you're speaking to me. 
I might be listening to my own train of thought. And sometimes when I've done four or five shows in a row, my mouth sounds like it's just a talking machine and my brain isn't engaged and I have to pause and listen to myself, look at my notes before I speak. Or maybe I'm going into a situation where I'm very anxious about speaking it correctly and truthfully, and I need to stop, even though I've asked God about it, I've prayed, I've thought, I've encouraged my heart to hear His wisdom. Maybe I have to listen to Him before I begin to speak. I remember once that that happened, that just comes to my mind. The whole circumstance had changed. I was going to meet someone. We were going to talk about this. It turned out when I got there, not only that person was there, there were several other people there, and the very idea that I had come to talk about was not even on the table. And I thought, I'm really glad that I listened to the circumstances that had happened since we agreed to talk, because we never did get to speak of those things. Learn before you teach, the proverb says. Oh, Learn before you teach, not hear before you teach, not read before you teach, but learn before you teach. Hear the call before you lead. Some of you are gifted in spiritual gifts. Sometimes they're called leadership. Sometimes it's called organization. Sometimes in the old King James version, it's called ruling don't like that word too much. It's just another word for leading. But if you hear the call to lead or rule, listen. Listen to that before you jump in and start to do it. Just because you have a gift for it, just because you've led a lot of committees, doesn't mean that this committee is the same and you can use the same guidelines. Hear the call of God before you lead. I love the lesson I learned in my 40s, I think. Um, I found myself saying yes to a lot of things and overcommitted. I looked at my calendar and thought, there's no way I can do all of these things. Lord, what shall I do? And I found that it I, was easy to be either or. I was saying yes or I was saying no. Yes or no. Yes or no. And if I looked at my calendar, I'm more likely to say no. Um, and the Lord really encouraged me to start saying to people, I appreciate your invitation. Thank you for all the details you've given me. I am practicing never saying yes or no to something without 24 hours. So I'll call you back in 24 hours. Now, those were the days when I called back and didn't email back. I would say now, I would say to someone, thank you for that offer. I'm really glad to be included. I'll send you an email in the next 24 hours if I decide I can or cannot do that. Okay? I want to hear what God has to say about this before I accept it. And lastly, absorb the word before you preach. Now, Bible teachers and pastors often talk their teaching is preaching. And as a Bible teacher myself, I can tell you that I've not always followed this good advice from the Proverbs. It's good, practical advice. But I can tell you that in each of these truths, there is a way that we live a fuller life in Christ if we pay attention to it. Well, what kind of distractions do you have in your world? Now, I've given you a few distractions that come to me when I'm invited to speak or teach or I'm preparing. 
But when I began to think about distractions, I made quite a list. I can hear your hearts and heads, and maybe some on your list are the same on my list. Noises from technological tools that you own, that is preeminently a distraction. And it is everywhere, all the time. Your microwave beeps, your oven beeps, your refrigerator beeps. If you own a dishwasher, it beeps. Your doorbell beeps. If you have a ring, it beeps anywhere you are all the time. I, I, I think having the ring doorbell was a great idea until I realized that you can find me anywhere. It rings to my phone. I may be on holiday and you're in my front door. I don't want to know that much. Now, it's still nice to have it instead of the doorbell because it's more practical. The tools that you own, like your computer. How many noises does your computer make? There's the noise that closes it down. There's the noise that puts it to sleep. There's the noise that opens it up. There's the red noise. I call it red noise because it's a loud, strong noise. When I'm about to delete something, I shouldn't delete. Then there's the phone, the calls, the texts, the emailers. How many beeps do you have? I have beeps for texts from certain groups that have a different tone than other groups. I didn't even know that was possible. But somehow on my phone, it works that way. There's the iPad and the TV and the games. The games, all the board games have different kinds of noises and beeps. And the children, don't they make a lot of noise? And your husband or your wife or your parents or your friends or your dog. There are noises and distractions on every front. Perhaps the most heartbreaking is what we are experiencing in our culture, and that's a constant stream of people speaking their minds, asserting themselves, talking over the priority of listening, interrupting, interrupting, just talking over someone until one of you finally gets the solo space. You've all seen it. You've done it. I've done it. It's just taking more space than we give to others. It's the two-step, and we're still doing the two-step at Modern Homemakers. It's my husband and I learning how to do the Texas two-step that I thought was the most complicated dance in the whole wide world because I saw them twirling and spinning and upping and downing and siding and rounding. And I thought, oh, that's the most complicated dance in the whole world. And then we went to learn to do the dance, and it turned out to be two steps, two steps. I love that. And I think that's what God simplified his call to us to two steps, to love him and to love others. And when I am doing these things, like speaking my mind all the time, I don't think anyone wants my opinion. I don't think anyone needs my opinion. If they want my opinion, let them ask me. But I don't have to interject my opinion and speak my mind, assert myself. I have an opinion about things. Of course I do. Just taking more space for ourselves than we give to others. We even learn to tell God what we want when we want it, instead of listening to him. Here's what I want, God. It's my wish list. A few years ago, I did a show and a teaching on sacred listening, which I'm going to do again next. When you're finished with listening in a world of distraction, you will see on your screen a show called Sacred Listening. That was a very powerful 
change point in my own life. I listened to a lecture and I gathered together material that I had taken a week's course in about 25 years ago. Mm, longer than that, 35 years ago. I had never been to a class that taught you how to listen. So I've combined those two main ingredients into something called sacred listening, and there's a free resource that you'll find on our website. I do consider listening to be a sacred response to another human being. The following are snippets from a friend. This friend is engaged in working with children working with children. She calls her work holy listening, a ministry where children are heard and supported as they seek to make meaning of the experiences of their lives. I read that after hearing her speak, and I thought, oh my gosh, Debbie, that's a very profound concept. And then I began to think and how it related to so many trauma experiences that have happened to men and women, boys and girls, and there wasn't anyone there. Even their parents weren't there to actually recognize what this ministry of listening to children, seeking to help them make meaning of the experiences of their lives, both good and bad. I read her data and I just wept. And then I determined to make as much listening information as I could to all of you, my podcast family. Holy listening is directed to children. However, the children of God, you and me and everyone, we want to know to have freedom in conversation, discussion, talking, yes, praying as she offers her work with children. And then I think we are all children of God. When you visit with someone are you willing to be still enough and listen enough if that person has come into this room and has hundreds of words of surface implication because it takes that much to get deep? Are you willing to listen to that surface kind of conversation? I can tell you that I have been with women who I know have come to tell me something important, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk about things that are not that important. And, and there have been times in my harsh way, I thought, come on, could we just get to it? Until I began to understand that that was essential Essential. Just as Debbie says with his children, it's essential that she listens hard enough so that the experiences they've had, she can help them to make a meaningful understanding of it. Holy listening is directed to children. However, the children of God, like you and me, and everyone we know, we want to have freedom in conversation, discussion, talking, yes, praying, praying for each other and praying as she offers this work to children. A few key ingredients in her work is undivided attention. To express our experiences, we need someone who gives us undivided attention, who feels like a soul friend, who is safe, who feels like you can be confident of their confidentiality, safe to speak of a situation, something you heard or saw, safe to assess what you made of the situation, and safe to feel. Feelings can flow when they feel safe to express them, and safe to describe what I did with my feelings, the effect that I withdrew or stuffed or attacked. Safe, that's her word, 
S-A-F-E, Situation, Assessment, Feel, and Effect. While I'm certain not every conversation can or should be that deep or that intentional, intentional, I'm asking you if you have anyone that you feel this safe with. Is there at least one person in your world that you feel that safe? I'm not talking about three o'clock in the morning safe. I'm talking about life safe. Things that you've carried around, you've, you've held, you've been afraid to speak of. Is there someone, are you culting a relationship with someone that is that safe? Are you a person who is that safe? One of the phrases that she uses in her holy listening is not counseling or psychotherapy or fix it. She often just listens to what people are thinking. And she says, I can do that. I don't have to have all these other skill sets. What can I do? What does she need? Do I have contact with something that will help her? What about her church? She says, I ask these things and then say, can I speak for myself when I say all I want is the time to listen. So I'm asking you, do you make time with people, not only to be safe, but to make time so that you could grow in safety? No rushing, no criticism, dare I say no judgment, no judgment, self-judgment or other judgment, and no interruption? This is not the culture we live in. We live in a culture of distraction. We live in a culture that's happy to interrupt you, that's happy to yell and raise their voice. We see it on television all the time. Let me please be loud and bold and say, if you have been traumatized, please try to find someone who you will be safe with. Don't be shy to seek a professional. Don't be shy to describe your own situation. The longer you let true trauma go unattended, the longer it will take you to find healing. I've had such trauma in my life, and I have found it restored. I've had such um, admission of fault and sin in my life that I was unwilling to ask for forgiveness about, and I found restoration. As a spiritual director myself, I know what it takes to listen, and it often is the best listening environment where we gain some freedom to acknowledge our own trauma. When we are able to say to someone, I understand, I too, or tell a part of your own story. You cannot expect a true blue friend, sister, husband, mother, anyone that you are close to, anyone. You can't expect them to be that safe person. Perhaps they are, but you can expect to find someone, to look for someone who will be safe and help you talk out these areas where real bona fide trauma has happened. Well, we are talking about listening in a distracted world, and we are easily distracted, especially if we have difficulties in our past that have not been healed. Debbie's work is with children, but I love the material, and I think children or adults, we all need to be at least considering the sense of being a person who is safe, a person who can 
be talked to in a safe manner. And those four words again are the situation, assessment, feeling, and effect. Safe. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. And I'm very glad to have the opportunity to be with you. Thank you for joining us. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of acknowledging the distractions in your world.